0: What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Beyond the Block Podcast. It's your boy Abby Abtracts Harris with my partner in Crime Yuri C. And this week's guest we have Mike Fiata. Yes, if you have been in New York. City, and you haven't been to Empire Dow, then you have missed one of the biggest epicenters that has been happening in this space. We get the chance to interview Mike Fiata. I am looking forward to his interview. I'm excited. He's going to be talking about all types of things, AI, Solana, new projects, and the new reformation of Empire Dow. So check it out. Beyond the Block. There we go. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Welcome. Um, hey, Mike. This is a show that we started creating um, that we call um, Beyond the Block, where we bring very uh, influential people within our crypto space, and we we, we talk to them, to find out the past, the present, the future, where they're at, where they're going. And um, I just started just using like the platform to like enhance, almost like a, a drink champs, but for tech, right? <laughs> but we not, we not drinking. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I hear you. So, um, All right, cool. first thing we want to do is just start out with who are you? Like, I always like these five W's. I should have had my Empire shirt on today. <laughs> yeah, I had it <laughs> um, um, Introduce yourself to the world.
2: Yeah, uh, Mike Uh Let's see, um, uh, founder of Empire Dow. Some other startups, and uh, yeah, where, where, where do you want me
1: to begin? Well, well, the first thing is you know, uh, coming into our space, what brought you down the rabbit hole and what made you see the light of crypto, and how early was that?
2: That's the 90s, uh, like when my mom was telling me about like Woodstock and Jimi Hendrix and whatnot, Ooh. talking about like how people didn't want to really work for the go to a war in Vietnam or work for a corporation or industrial company. And they, you know, these kids started a movement ultimately known as kind of like, you know, the hippie movement when that moved out West, San Francisco and the Bay area and started the internet, which was the decentralized communication platform. Talk to each other without government or corporate interference. And so that movement's been going on since the, since the 60s. And uh, so I was indoctrinated pretty early on in terms of what we've been trying to do since then and, and control our own data and our own futures and our own ownership and whatnot. So pretty much my whole life, you know, since I was a teenager, since I got into this industry. Um,
1: um, did you, when you came in, it was just like from the music aspect of just independence, ownership, um, and then how did it form to say uh, we're going to take technology and music because right now you're talking specifically talking about this whole music thing, right? That converted all no, I'm not talking about music at all. No, not at all. Um, no, I mean, that's one
2: aspect of it, right? Like, that's that's one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about where we... What we've been... <laughs> this movement is all about, right? Like, Web3 is named Web3 for a reason, right? It's yeah. the original internet that was created and this is just the next version of it. So... This has been around. This is not a new movement whatsoever. So the the, the idea of cryptography, uh, you know, goes I don't know back centuries, but I mean, like, really specifically around World War Two and figuring out kind of you know what the the Germans were communicating with each other and then deciphering that. That's kind of how that that started, right? And then now you're adding that layer to the internet um, that was added early on but it was never, never used or exposed until Bitcoin really took advantage of that, you know, both of those technologies and merged them. So if you're talking specifically about cryptocurrencies and how that started, yeah, I started in 2013 or so is when I went down and bought my first Bitcoin and kind of about a decade ago, actually. How was that, ex- um,
1: how was that experience?
2: Yeah, it was mind blowing. It was kind of everything that we've been uh, looking for and wanting in the mm-hmm. internet in general when I, I, I self-custodied and I said, wait a minute, you know, like a bank doesn't own this and a government doesn't. Like, oh shit, I'm going to lose it. I got to figure out how to to do this. It felt like having money in my mattress, right? Uh, But it also felt like having money in my mattress, but online. So it was, uh, it was something that kind of we've been waiting for for a long time. So it's definitely transformational to have that, that kind of aha moment of I'm responsible for this and no one else is. And that comes with that there's features. And benefits to that, but there's also a lot of downsides
1: to that as well. Yeah, so one of the things, uh, your name is Multi-Chain Mike. What does that mean? And how did that come yes. up?
3: So the idea of...
2: Um, so I've lived in uh, five countries on three continents, four continents. And... You know, I, coming back to the US, and I guess anywhere you go, you know, meeting with some people, and they, you know, really say some ignorant things about other countries or other cultures that they've never been to them or experienced them. And I'm always trying to, like, try to connect and, and get people to understand, like, there's different ways of doing things. And there's different, you know, different, uh, you know, keep people open minded to, to what else is out there. And then a couple years ago, I was, heavily into Bitcoin and kind of ignored Ethereum at my own peril for a little too long. So my God, Bitcoin is the way. It is the only way. And I, I, you know, I was a Bitcoin maxi and followed that mantra. And then I started getting into Ethereum and wondering, oh my God, there's a all, all different way of doing things. This is a completely different way of doing things. It's a, you know, a lot of the same basis, a lot of the same overlap. And then again, I saw Solana and I go, wow, this is a quicker way of doing things. All right, it might not be as... It's completely different from Bitcoin and Ethereum, and it's a different way of of, of people being able to own things and custody things without government or corporate. And it's just a completely different way of doing it than those other ones. So as I was in these Twitter spaces, I would hear like this hate on different chains. And it's like, wow, you guys are not even, you're not even testing it. You're not even tinkering with it. You're not even like, you haven't been there, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the same thing. Like you haven't. Been to that town for you to be sitting on it? Like it doesn't even make sense. So the idea of a high multi-tier mic was like, no, there's a lot of chains out there, and you guys need to be thinking about the central way. Because if you think about, I don't know, it's like transportation, right? If you're you're trying to move some logs from Florida to Oregon or something, or the other way around, uh, you know, you you would what would you use, right? Like a big flatbed truck. You probably wouldn't use an airplane. You could. You might use a ship and go around. You probably wouldn't use a motorcycle. There's a lot of different ways, right, but you need to send a letter or you need to send something specific. There's a lot of different ways of transferring it from Oregon to Florida, say in this case, and without being a, hey, I only use airplanes. Airplane's the only way to do it, or I only use a motorcycle. Like there's so many ways of transferring based on your needs, and all these different chains have different features and benefits that help you move packets of information around the internet and they all, I mean, if they do have a wallet connect and they are Web three, meaning you self custody the ownership of of whatever that is, then they're all going towards the same the same goal, the same vision. This is again, this goes back to you know, I intentionally kind of answered that. Oh, in the '90s is when I started, is <laughs> because this is not new, right? <laughs> this is you know, what, this is part of a bigger movement, yeah. and the different blockchains are just different tools. So being all about one is so short sighted in terms of like how this will transform society, and we need all of them honestly to, to show the
3: use cases of, of what can be done.
1: Um, that's, a, that's a great thought. Um, so, now when it comes to uh, uh, Web3 and adoption into businesses and um, regular traditional stuff, and so, these last three years, a lot has changed. Um, How is it being multi-chain, Mike, and being able to keep up with all the adoptions of change and and with AI coming into play?
3: It's possible. Uh,
2: (laughs) So, you know, you keep up with what you can. And, you know, that's kind of why I started Empire Dallas, to, to, to have those things surface to be a little easier, right? Like seeing them naturally, seeing these use cases on different things. And that's really it's hard to say because it's like you can go into DeFi on a certain chain and spend you know a career there to be honest with you (laughs) let alone DAOs and NFTs and infrastructure and gaming and then you've got you know 30 chains that you can do that on so there's you can go down different rabbit holes on all over the place in this industry Um, and then you can apply it to each vertical if you're talking about music or fashion or gaming or whatever it might be so uh, it's impossible there's no way of keeping up with all of it I just like this when I see something cool that translates you know I just kind of think of myself as a bit of a translator falling in between the kind of boomer and millennial generations and you know also being a bit of a tech geek where I kind of understand things but I really sell people on the usage um, so when I see things of like oh wow this is something that my cousin or you know friend down the street can use they don't give a shit what the technology is or what, you know what it is um,
3: that's the stuff that excites me is the things that, that people can really use today
1: so what was the, the ultimate um, idea behind Empire Dow and where did it come from
2: yeah it's a culmination of my entire life in terms of um, growing up in hospitality um, Working on workspace management for corporations and for startups, and then also building online communities for 15 years. Um, so it was kind of a, a culmination of all those, and then it was a uh, there was a, I guess you could say a, a prototype day where about 80 of us got together in Soho in 2021, this
1: is, and it this was is, magical. This is the story you talk about. When everybody was locked in for COVID, and then they finally got a chance to come out into a, a space and some magical things happened. And that's kind of like basically how uh, the birth of Empire came about.
2: That's right. We were like, who wants to do this? Everyone raised their hand. Like, who wants to do this more often? Let's make a DAO out of it. And that's how it started. And it was kind of like, hey, let's just." it was a side project meant to be something small and it just kept snowballing and snowballing, getting more traction, and getting more interest, and getting, you know, articles written about it, everything, and it just became uh, a monster. Um, and uh, that wasn't even a year ago. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that was kind of how it
4: started. Yuri? Uh, monster is an interesting word. Uh, I'm curious, like what are some of your strongest memories and experiences or like the greater qualities and then what might've been, uh, the more interesting experiences, uh, that you did not know until you might've walked into, uh, Empowered Down? Yeah. So, uh, to be a little more specific, um, experiences about what, about, uh, just maintaining, you said it, it that was very interesting. Um, it was kind of a melting pot of all of your skills, uh, grown into one uh, When did you feel that moment that's probably the best way to ask this yeah
2: I mean uh, it was it was kind of in this case it was, it was the, the 190 Battery, which was our first location kind of walking in there going I, uh, I can turn this into a village this could be a very productive place to to create and attract people and a great location so that was kind of my moment of like okay this is this is big. Hold you know, on, hold we're on. Just like talking about a little door Quick push.
1: question: Out of all the places, why one ninety five? It's
2: the only place.
1: <laughs> that was the only it was place. The first it, was, it was just it was like you pick it on the map. It's like this is it, and that's that's it. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. I didn't pick it on the map. It chose me, right? Like it
2: was. Um, our Jason, our broker, was like, "I have a moon." He's like, hey, "Here's 20 places that could be good that are turnkey, ready to go." I included one moonshot in there, and I was like, "What the moonshot?" I'm like, "Oh, I know that building. Let me just go for a free tour." So I didn't even like intend to go for it to be it. I, you know, I told my wife she lives, she works around the corner. I was like, "Yeah, let's go check out the 190
3: Bowery. You know, never
2: been inside. You know, I was trying, just trying to get a free tour, a free peek inside." And then once I got in, I was like, "Yeah, I can actually piece this whole thing together as a as a community and as a village, like right in here and." I'm not even gonna, yeah, I'm trying to stay humble, but it might have been one of the most productive places on the planet in history. Uh, there's, you know, like a dozen startups that went from like two to 17 to 20 members got their series A in six months, just because they were creating, introducing, meeting their partners and customers and investors and employees there. Um, it's such a rapid time. Um, and that's kind of what I saw. I was like, oh man, this could be super productive. And we're all missing it. The pendulum swung too far. I pushed remote work for a decade. Mm-hmm. I was a guy pushing remote work. And like all my old colleagues were like, wait, you're the in real
3: life guy? <laughs> yeah, because like
2: that's what we were fighting against for a while. And then Go became like, oh cool, here's all the tools that we've been talking about for, you know, and then it went too far the other way. So, you know, having this balance of getting getting people to remember, like, hey, by the way, there is magic that happens that you cannot produce on Zoom.
1: So that means that uh, this idea and concept birthed a lot of babies, Um, and that's what the community is about. Like, it's it's birthing careers, opportunities, um, and it actually it puts you in a different place um, in this whole ecosystem because it's it's like you're kind of like now you're a godfather something to say somewhat to say, right? Because all of these things or some of these Dio. I always talk about Dio glass dot X, Y, Z like that is a great platform I met them gentlemen in the building Um, so many opportunities that have been presented um, due to the building Uh, personally, I loved it it was one of my favorite places to go um this whole journey for me has been, uh, uh, it's been like a dream, so to say. Um, have you woken up out of your dream as of yet?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had the, like, we built that, One Night Bower was an extremely ambitious, like, hell Mary, like, I did not even think we'd be able to pull off. And the fact that we did, it was, like, Holy shit, it was a bit of a dream, and it wasn't a bull market, right? It was like a big, expensive project, and um, crash after crash, you know, starting with the terror one, and the FCX one really killed me, killed us, Um, you know, that was a bit of a nightmare, so, uh, you know, I had a nightmare for a couple months, Um, and now it's kind of waking up into a new dream. Oh uh, well, my god, we have this amazing brand, a great community. There's so much we could do. There's few in the plant, and uh, you know, there's a few communities on the plant that can solve the problems, and we can connect individuals that we can connect and keep that going. So no, man, I'm still I'm back in the dream. It was just you know, it was the roller coaster, of the the cliche of
4: the, the you know ups and downs of the, the of the startup industry. Yuri.
1: Right. Yeah,
4: I i walked in that facility and it was breathtaking. So like for you to describe all these things, it, it makes sense. Um, I, I think even just taking what you've experienced so far and going forward, um, you brought up a very interesting thing. Um, Ab and I discuss all the time about just creativity in general, um, especially because I'm a huge proponent of having the work from the home experience. Um, but I, I think there's something that I don't want to say it's completely missed out on, um, but there's something that you can almost taste in the air in terms of creativity. Um, when you're kind of collaborating IRL, um, how do you feel about that after experiencing Empire Down? Like, where do you stand on it? Um, How do you feel like communities will be built going forward? Yeah, it's really tough because I totally get the,
2: you know, I get pushing for a decade remote work and I get the how much it slows you. I know all the stats on like why it's better to be at, uh, or at least flexible, right? And giving people the freedom to do the things they need to and not have that commute in the car type of concept. Um, but at the same time I also witnessed companies destroy their competition because they were having the in real life because they took that bet and they they made that investment and it paid off dramatically so it's tough it's tough to you
3: know it's definitely not a you know clear cut
2: binary oh you should work from home you should not but I, I think the future is shared ownership like you have to want to commute to go in there and how do you do that that's there's got to be incentive for them as an individual so I think this not so near future corporations will serve will will work a bit like what we were trying to do with a community owned real estate which we didn't have but that was a goal um whereas if you work for American Express or United and let let this go If you work for American Express and you
3: work for United and you're going into the corporate building, it's like, cool. But
2: now you work for them and there's a space, a physical space that you actually own a piece of, a token, right? And on your way out, it might actually go up. Kind of similar to stock, you know, stock options. But it's tied to the actual real estate and the office that you go into. So you have voting power over. Are we going to have the gym in there or the daycare or the fixed, the bike surfboard type concept, whatever you guys want in there, but you actually own it. And then if you leave the company, you're going to have to sell them the part with the token, but it might go up because the place is such a great place to work physically there, that ownership goes so and it is, this is not new, right? Like when people own a piece of the company or have, have that, you know, that incentive, but now if you apply that to real estate and workspace, that's what's gonna get people going in on weekends, making it a great place. Oh, and by the way, here's a whiteboard why we're thrilling and having beers on the weekend. Now we're also having to be like productive as well. So I see this, the Empire DAO was kind of a laboratory for the future of work um, for not just DAOs and crypto and you know that startups, but like for
3: corporations in general. That's really, really cool.
1: Um... Like I said, I, it was I, I. can't express how much I was in love. That was my home. <laughs> um, Yuri, because I know I got Yuri got some great questions. Go ahead, Yuri. Um,
4: no, I spot on. Like I, I do remember walking in. Like I've been thinking about it as well. Um, and you already touched on this, and I'd love to just kind of elaborate a little bit, just because this entire conversation is uh, fascinating. Like we are growing and in intertwining with tech. Why wouldn't our workflows continue to evolve and grow and intertwine as well? Um, just to make sure, I ask the general question. You can take it in any direction you'd like. Um, the landscape of DAOs going forward—how do you see those intertwining um, it with company cultures, or even just um, developing ideas and concepts going forward and building? Yeah, uh, it's
2: it's the f- I. I, I Super long on DAOs as the way to start almost any product or any service or a company kind of going in the future. And, and, and by DAOs, I, I don't mean like it, you could say DAOs aren't new in terms of like, all right, it's a condo association, the HOA, it's the same thing, people have voting and, and shared ownerships. There's definitely a lot of that to it. Um, but like one concept we're working on is the a out, which is a vending machine that can be owned by 10,000 people and you can invest as little as $5 um, but there doesn't need to be uh, you know there's not an accessibility point right like right now if you want to start a stock for a bodega or a small coffee shop like you can't get listed on exchange right so there's not the ability for for average people to participate now if you do want to participate you have to be an accredited investor so this now blocks off, you know, the 90% of the population that can't afford to participate in that. So this is an accessibility plays with the DAOs do it provides access to everybody to anybody to invest and they don't need to know who you are. You don't need to trust necessarily the owners, you're the more in there, the, the better, the stronger the network is So the reason why there's accredited credit investors is good reason. Like disappear they take people's money and it's a scam in this sense when you've got you know fifty thousand people building towards the same thing like it's not possible to just run away with it if there's you know a collective there so all right that's that's just one point of of the functional part of it of people of accessibility the other part is the distribution now if we're starting a new park in the neighborhood or a new coffee shop and 200 of us now own it now we're incentivized to go there and to keep it clean and to bring our friends there and make it work. So it's like, you know, as far as I'm, I'm giving real examples of like the real world, but if you're Nike and you're dropping a new shoe, why not put 10% into a Dow and say, hey, this 10% of you guys own this new shoe and you guys get the dividends of that 10% of it. That's, that's a no-brainer. Rihanna recently did it with the Bitch Better Have My Money song, right? She put a portion of it as a Dow to that song. Now you can apply that. that, that was like an NFT, but that's, that's a DAO essentially, like that's the, the, that percentage of it is a DAO. So for me, it's, you know, we're going to be part of so many DAOs, whether, and we're, we won't call them that. It's kind of like saying .com, right? Like, even like Empire DAOs, it's going to be a silly name in a couple of years, it like saying empire.com. Um, they'll just be companies, they'll just be entities, they'll just be companies. So I'm super long on DAOs, and I think it's the future of kind of everything in ownership and every product and service that we'll use. Uh, and it's, uh, it's up to us to kind of show that all the features set to everybody so that uh, the rest of the world kind of understands. But there's still the onboarding process of having a wallet and understanding that,
4: that no one else owns owns your, your percentage. I, I think that's a great segue um, into um, not just having a wallet, but the discussion of creator economies. Like, how do you feel um, people can embrace things like that going forward? especially artists like what do you think the, the overall appeal um, that gets more and more sticky as time goes by high in this space um, is when it comes to creator economies? yes yeah, funding uh, it's, it's you know it's
2: selling the mixtape right like and I, you know, I had I had Wayne's mixtapes early on like if I you know instead of spending five ten dollars on them and I was like buying five ten dollars worth of you know his futures I would have did well. I would have came up with them, you know what I mean? And, um, like, you know, I, I'm still, and not only like, there would have been more incentive for me to share. Not that I don't do enough anyway to go, but like the idea of coming up with the artists and helping them come up and help them, help them um, support them early on. Um, having that incentive as someone who owns is a fan is incredible. Now you've got someone that's like coming up with you and is going to show up to your shows and share your stuff on Spotify and wherever else because they, you know, they're 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 a real supporter. They they own they they also, they have this capitalist incentive in the back of their mind that like, cool, my twenty dollars that I put in five years ago is now worth two hundred. Like, eh, if I keep talking about it, but you know, so I think for artists, this is going to be a huge. It'll be as big as. You know, it hasn't had its, uh, like, Justin Bieber moment, right? Like, he was discovered on YouTube. Like, you're seeing these TikTok artists. Like, oh, they were discovered on TikTok, and now they're big mainstream. You know, that's happening a lot with Web2 simply because of distribution, which is incredible, by the way. You know, even, like, like 20 years ago, that this is insane, like, how many of today's, you know, well-known stars were discovered on these social media platforms. Now you're going to see these that are that are started on Web three platforms. How does that happen yet? Yeah, not a big scale at all yet. But they'll be that first or second and third and then go. Oh shit! This is the way to get discovered. This is the way to get funding. This is the way. It's so much better because now you have distribution and you have ownership and you don't have all those middlemen and you know the 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 beavers of the world and whoever like they're still living in the old system even though they were discovered on you know web 2, well, you know relatively new for music that's actually ancient compared to web 3 where you instead of owning you know 0.001% of your songs that are on Spotify you're owning 98% of it now as the artist on these new web 3 platforms that flips the whole paradigm for you but it just hasn't happened it hasn't it hasn't had its moment yet where the artists have figured out twitter didn't have its moment until plane landed the Hudson and someone took a picture of it and then people realized oh we can use other photos (laughs) It doesn't need to be a journalist on the ground that just changed everything overnight that
4: hasn't happened yet I I think yet in in web3 for for artists and musicians yet. I I agree I think between uh, redefining or um, reigniting passion right Uh, as opposed to the exhausting amounts of content um, and then even Blockchain is journalism within itself, right? Like being able to redefine timestamps. Um, it's a very interesting time to be alive um, Yeah, I couldn't agree more and I'm sitting here thinking about like that pit mixtapes with Lil Wayne and trying to figure out What residuals would be like if I could get in early? Um, awesome. I, I think we There's we no definitely, Exactly. We definitely ask people this one question. Um, for our audience, what is Hold up.
1: One? No, one? no, 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 don't get to that. because I, I have to ask about yeah, well, the, the kids before you get to that. Go for it. Go for, um, it, go for it. how are you bringing your kids in to adapt into adapting to this? Mm-hmm. You know, because we are family people and we that's are always question. outside, outside, outside. But now, what about inside and home?
3: Mm, that's is a really good
2: question. I, I was thinking about today actually. Uh, because you know, a lot of people in Silicon Valley, they don't let their kids have screens at all, right? Because they know the, the data dangers. Mm-hmm. Um, the TikTok situation right now, that potentially being banned, um, is a huge. I, I, it's crazy to say that I, I completely agree with it because it's massive government overreach and control from the Chinese Communist government. <laughs> in our pockets if you ever look at the terms of service they're insane um, it, it, to have it on your phone like it should not be at all but then I'm also like to the US government telling us what apps we can have and that like fuck off like so uh, it's it's hard because the the, the out of the bottle in that one um, so I try to keep my kids you know off of the slot machine apps Instagram TikTok I don't use any of them I helped promote them for a decade. Um, I feel very guilty, conscious of 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 being part of the tribe that really brought social media. It was coming anyway, not as if it was I was stopping it or doing anything. But um, that was, you know, something we did, and now and we we didn't realize the the negative ramifications of it. So now I think every day, how can I? My kids are seven and six and four. So how can I get them? I, I think they're fortunate enough to have this a lot of the worst of social media um and now like the first phones they'll get will be wallet enabled phones where they're able to control their whole data uh, you know they're out now some of us geeks have them like yeah it's, it's not mainstream at all but like they've got cameras and they've got apps and you control everything of the data there's no again no government no corporate it's all you it's your, your wallet on your phone so i'm um, teaching them. Uh, I'm speaking at Duke University next month at their conference. and I'm bringing Teddy, uh, my six year old, and he'll be at the conference all day, I'm, like listening and learning. Sure, he will be doing some other stuff. And I'm not, but um, I want him to kind of understand this world. Uh, I don't know, I struggle with it. I struggle with it too. Because last night I was we were on mid journey creating images. Uh, so they're practicing AI, showing them prompts of like how to put in a dog and a cat and rainbow. Okay, here's a picture. Of, like I think it's important skills for them to have. Mm, yeah. Uh but also I think it's it's an awful I don't know. I, I just it, it's two sided, right? If, you know they're, like the Bell curve meme of like the really clever guy who uses all the meat all the tech stuff and the one that uses none. Like they're all better <laughs> off and everybody in the middle is kind of screwed. And that's where I think I'm like, all right, I got to either like teach them like to just be masters of this, code or be coded, you know, like be that much yeah. into it, or stay completely off the shit <laughs> altogether, and you'll be better off. I don't know, <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I'm kind of teaching, trying to teach them both of those sides right there, which doesn't even make sense, but I struggle with it. I think every parent does.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that is a hard one because I, I deal with it too. My kids are mid-team. Um, actually, no, my kids are in their 20s. So. Yeah, you're going to I did. I was going to correct you yeah. 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 Um, And I struggle, I, I absolutely struggle with it too. But it's important that they don't get left out. Don't get left behind. Um, but we all know that uh, there's a good side and there's a good good angel and there's a bad angel. Right? Um, and some, yeah, it's a sword. some people put the three sixes on AI. Um, and how do you feel about that?
2: That's silly. You now, like you said, New York's City schools banning ChatGPT. Yeah, it's the same as banning a calculator. Sure, I could <laughs> spend all day on the chalkboard figuring out the numbers, writing something up, or I could plug it in and then have something spit out to me. That's all ChatGPT is a calculator for words. So, and images. If I'm able to use a tool to be able to create, use my thoughts more, and get the other stuff out, um, yeah, it, there's, yeah. There's, there's going to be downsides. I will say, uh, OpenAI, which, which released GPT and MidJourney, um, they did it without really testing what the impact, societal impact. And that's something we really fucked up with social, with social media and Web two a lot. Is, is we just. We just shipped, shipped, shipped and did not consider the negative ramifications. And that's what they did. Others had the same data. They could have released similar products, uh, but they put it out there, uh, which first to market, you know, obviously they're crushing it in terms of like usability and getting everybody on board, uh, but they did it irresponsibly. So I'm, I'm kind of with that in a sense, but the idea of it being. You know, smarter, it's, it's a parrot that repeats the next word. It just puts out the word after you. So it's all BS in terms of, like, being afraid of it. But at the same time, I'm a little naive in terms of, like, yes, there's going to be negative here's, ramifications from
1: it. Here's the follow-up, and then you can go into your question, later. Is AI like how cell phones are? Back in the days, we were able to remember 15, 20 phone calls. Now, AI, we technically, like, not writing anymore. We just remember prompts. So is that dumbing us down?
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I like that. Um, yes, in a way. Uh, you know, it's kind of like Google Maps, right? Or any of these. I'm a geography geek. I was a geography major. I'm, you know, I know where East, West, North, South is at all times. And when you get Google Maps and Waze and stuff, you kind of forget all that. And I do now. Now I'm I'm so, you know, I'm not oriented um, when I'm driving anymore because I'm just looking at there. So does that make me less creative, less aware, but also now I'm able to focus on different things or have more interesting conversations with the passengers or on the phone because I no longer am like pulling out the MapQuest or pulling out the the road atlas, figuring out which highway I got to go to next. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many efficiencies that that provides me. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you do get a little contextually lost in like, Hey, you don't take this away from me and now figure out how to drive there. Uh, like,
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. Right. You know?
2: So I don't know. It's just like any other technology, like it's going to, yes, it's going to remove a ton of jobs, like a shit ton of jobs. and uh, you know, that's a whole nother debate if that's good or bad. Um, that so that that's gonna
3: happen um but we'll be able to build more interesting things on
2: top of it right like it's the same thing on social media and like oh it's taking away all the advertising models from the newspapers and the tvs and now there's millions of people with side hustles and different types of jobs <laughs>
3: doing stuff like this
2: because it opened up the opportunity for them
1: Yeah,
2: like it's cool like oh you don't have to own a camera and go around with a van like you can do this now on your phone okay that's automation that's that's no different than any other ai is no different than any other technology
4: it just makes things easier for us to do other things
1: There you go yuri
4: i, I think that's it up perfectly um one book for our audience uh that you would recommend uh, Oh, it's crypto or AM, even better Th- you three three Okay,
2: AI superpowers. AI superpowers is we'll show you why the algorithms on TikTok and Instagram are dangerous. Not only that, we'll also kind of show you that um, what is happening in China is insane compared to to what's happening here. Like they so imagine that people get upset at Facebook and Amazon because of the data sets. They're like, "Oh, this data set like you guys control and know this much." Well, they've got like their versions of Amazon, Google, Facebook, Spotify, DoorDash, way you name it, all those data sets there. So their AI algorithms are hundred, a million X better than Facebook and Amazon's, and that's why TikTok's like anybody. If you read that book, you knew that TikTok was going to do this, and they blatantly said it, and it definitely happened. Now they're going to roll out with the Alibaba US. There's going to be a ton of every product that we know will be Chinese in the next couple of years because their algorithms are so much better than ours. So this just kind of prepares you for the world, the the war that's actually happening. The US was able to really creatively create a new economy back in the Hamilton days of that's that we're still that he set up that's still we're still living in today that's dominant around the world. that no one's been able to, to crack. That's what China's doing right now with AI, an AI infrastructure layer that we're all living in. So that'll kind of just open your eyes to that. Uh, the network state is another one. The network state is really what we're trying to do at Empire Now in terms of we are global citizens. We're not necessarily tied to an industrial nation state. If you go back again to countries, it's a new concept. The U.S. is the old, one of the oldest countries on, in the world. It's, it, it's an industrial concept. So the idea that we don't need to belong to an actual physical nation state, we can, we can belong to the network state, um, the, the network that we choose around the planet. Uh, that's kind of like what we're moving towards with DAOs and NFTs and that's, this enables us. And it also goes back to accessibility and being able to control your own future. Instead of, oh, I was born here. Oh, well, that sucks. Like I can, I can move and, and be a citizen of, of who I, where I want to be at and, and different times. Uh, and the third is uh, the hacker state Um, let me just make sure I got the title right
3: Uh,
2: the hacker in the state so this is um, I'm not fully finished this one I can't give the full review but it's on uh, cryptography how it started and the controlling the message, um, going back to like the US military, how they were able to use cryptography, and then now how all the data that is out there, who has access to it, whether it's your your 5G line, um, the your, the mobile providers, the government has access to them if they want. So, all the Edward uh, Snowden things that were leaked of the information, if you have the pipes, you can access them. At, And now, these are all related, right? These are all three of these books are extremely related. Now, if you have the the app that everyone's using, or if you remember uh, the U.S. ban, like China from rolling out 5G lines here, the physical things, because they were afraid of controlling the pipes, because they understand you have access to the network towers, you have access to the data. So... It's all
4: about kind of accessing the data and awareness. It's really scary to be
1: honest with you. I don't know if I
4: recommend it to everybody. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, we, turn. we that's can't. Why. Win that's why there's
1: three of them, right? You can already turn any meter state on in 2023. <laughs> now here's the yeah. funny. Here's the funny thing that's amazing to me that you actually have a physical book. <laughs> ah, that's funny,
2: yeah. No, i think the future is analog in a lot of sense i think i'm going back to like the, the early parts of the conversation you know you know we had the remember the empire dally the physical newspaper that was in empire down right yeah. like these kind of concepts um actually i think are going to make a big big comeback in a way because not that books are like you know that far um there but just the idea of we're over screened like you know we know our kids are we know we are and like, we need to, to unbundle. Like, oh, this was, you know, there was the wallet and the camera and everything. I remember the pictures of, like, this became everything. There's some things that, like, we really are going to want to start taking out of that intentionally so that we are more present and we're not too much in the, the slot machine that is our iPhones. It's
1: so funny that concept of slot machines. wow. <laughs> um, get out of it, man. Use it when you need it and get out. <laughs> Um, you, post, have, you have any more, Yuri?
4: No, I, I think he hits a nail on the head. Um, and I feel the same way, they're definitely slot machines. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mike. I yeah, really no worries. Thanks, it. guys. All right, keep
3: you
1: Yes, enjoy your day. Um, I don't know if you're in town Monday, but we have an all women's panel. We're going to be at free agency 22 East Broadway. Um, so okay. it's going to be really, really good.
3: Cool. I follow along,
2: I, I get the notifications, I make them when I can.
1: All right, thank you. Mike, I appreciate right, you right. coming in and enjoy your day. Right. Have a great weekend. You,
3: Have a great day. Right.
0: Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mike. Um, this is Beyond the Blockchain tune in every week we will have more and more and more guests within the tech space this is beyond the blockchain you can follow us on iheart radio shopify whatever it is that you look for your local podcast peace